we're going. All right, greetings. I'm Dr. Susie Harris, and this is my podcast, Next Seven. The purpose of this podcast is to be a part of making sure people everywhere have access to clean organic food, clean water, and result-oriented functional health care. In achieving these things, we can ensure that our next seven generations have a world that allows them to thrive. And that matters to me. So speaking of functional health care, I have with me today an amazing friend and colleague, Dr. Elizabeth Walker. Thank you for making time to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really honored. Oh my gosh. So just to let people know, you graduated from the Goldman School of Dental Medicine in Boston. Uh, You're a TMJ and airway-focused orthodontist, and you have extensive experience diagnosing and treating jaw disorders, head and neck pain, facial pain, and sleep disorder breathing issues. What I noticed is your mission, which I love. Um, You like to provide your patients with the latest diagnostic technologies to identify the origin of symptoms uh, so that you can resolve this pain, both skeletal, dental, and dealing with breathing problems. Um, You encourage an approach of total body wellness and you're well networked with practitioners from multiple styles of care like chiropractors, physical therapists, pediatricians, primary care physicians, and other wellness-oriented practitioners. Um, Whole body, right? Whole body. Yes, it's all connected. We've all heard it. We've all said it. Now we live and breathe it. (laughs) I love it. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here to talk with me. Um, We're definitely going to get into the details of how you do that with people. But before we do that, I want people to get a little bit of your heart. So, you know, tell us a story about how you got interested in orthodontics and, and what made you go through that extensive life-sucking training. <laughs> well, thank you for asking. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was a decision that I was not attracted to in the first place. My father's an orthodontist, and so, you know, you can either be really attracted to what your parents do or completely repelled, and I was repelled for the longest time um, until um, after my graduation from my first uh, experience at Boston University with a degree in communication. And um, my uh, father and his colleagues were uh, around a dinner table and we were just talking about the reward that they felt for making people happy with the way that their bite felt and of course the way that they looked. But um, as I you know, ultimately learned in school and from my father and his colleagues, it was mostly a, a cosmetics thing that I was getting myself into. So not having any idea about healthcare or, or you know, I thought it was kind of the easy way to, um, you know, kind of a clean dental operation and mm-hmm. helping people in a, in a self-esteem kind of a way with uh, a cosmetic changes. But um, it was only after I graduated from the orthodontic program that I learned about the true whole body connection that orthodontics has. And I think a lot of orthodontists um, learned and are continuing to learn that right about now. It's, it's not something they learned in school. Mm. Um, so, I mean, actually what, what turned it into an evolution for me from cosmetics to whole body was 
um, not only evolving my my uh, career, but myself. I I was learning more about my body connections as I learned this process that the upper and lower jaws are so very related to breathing. And if we have um, we have a responsibility as orthodontists to recognize that because the uh, mouth is the garage for the tongue and the back portion of the tongue is the front portion of the air tube. The roof of the mouth is the is the same bone as the floor of the nose. So if we're not, if, if we're only looking at teeth next to other teeth related to other teeth, we're not understanding that we have um, um, a big responsibility to help people breathe, or in fact, we can actually harm them if we're not being mindful of that. So that process, that inspiration from my father evolving into an awareness of airway, um, actually through a 3D imaging machine that we got, um, the, it, it, not only a two-dimensional panoramic or what we see at the dentist when we have um, a single tooth uh, image, uh, being able to see the entire head in three dimensions, looking through the airway from the tip of the nose all the way down to the bottom of the throat. Um, we have a, a, an awareness now of what um, the, the underlying cause of what this um, crowding or spacing can be that people are typically going uh, to the orthodontist for. That's mm -hmm. the long answer. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you have this totally contagious excitement about the style of care you provide. I, truthfully, you've done some awesome videos that I've seen um, where you try to describe it to people. Um, let's break it down for people. So I can get it when you say orthodontics that, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to be straightening teeth, but we're also, that's going to affect the jaw. I can get that. Mm -hmm. But can you help me know? when you work in that way, how, how can you affect my neck pain or my low back pain? <laughs> Absolutely. So it doesn't actually always have to be an orthodontic um, resolution of that. Just so everyone knows that it's not all about braces and wires and moving teeth. Um, identifying, um, well, first of all, we all have to recognize that there's no higher priority to our body than breathing. Absolutely zero higher function is a priority to the body than taking this very next breath right here. And then this very next one right here. And guess what? This very next one right here. So constantly <laughs> all day and all night, our body's going to be making sure that breathing is in check before it really uh, focuses on anything else, anything else. So if there's an obstruction to our airway, what we do, and, I, and our airway is, is our nose down to our throat. We should be using our nose to breathe, not our mouths. Our nose is where our air is warmed, filtered, moistened, and sterilized. In our sinuses, we develop a, a gas compound called nitric oxide, not nitrous oxide, which you get laughing gas at the dentist, but nitric oxide, which is an antifungal, antibacterial, antimicrobial, and antiviral, especially pertinent nowadays. Um, we wanna clean and uh, treat the air before it goes into our lungs. So the nose is the most important way to define the quality and quantity of oxygen that's going into our lungs for blood oxygen exchange, which then goes to every other internal system in the body. So this relates to the systemic health as well, as well as um, the structural health. Because now back to your question about pain, if we have any obstructions anywhere along the nasal passage or the throat down to the lungs, then our bodies will um, automatically put ourselves into a position where breathing is easier. If any of you have ever taken a CPR course, you know, that we tilt the head up in order to provide our breaths for mouth to mouth. 
So similarly, um, stretching that neck in a different position puts ourselves where our airway is more open. What we do is we put our head more forward of our spine when we're trying to breathe. Each inch then that our head goes forward of our spine adds an extra 10 pounds of weight to our head that our jaw has to carry, our neck has to carry, our shoulders, hips, knees, ankles, toes. Every single structure is related to where our center of gravity is um, based on a postural change. Like that postural change, you think about that, that, that head forward. It's like in the garden, if you bend the hose, the water's gonna stop flowing. But if you straighten it out, the water's gonna flow really freely. So we try to just, you know, make, you know, very small incremental position forward the least amount we have to go forward in order to breathe. But because it's the farther we go forward, the more we're going to be taxing our skeletal structures. So that's where our um, discomfort can come in. I mean, our blood vessels and our nerves can get pinched from those positions um, that can get inflamed. And that's where the um, symptomatic um, appearance of pain can usually begin. It doesn't necessarily mean that the problem, for example, if your neck is hurting, it, that, that can be the symptom of the origin that begins in the nasal passage of obstruction. I have a question. Yes. So if I'm hearing you, you're saying if I'm not breathing easily through my nose, that my nervous system is going to have me shift my posture forward so I can open that airway. And so holding that posture could be causing me neck pain, back pain, yep. jaw pain, all that stuff. Exactly that. And, um, you know, your body saying, hey, I, I don't want to cause you pain, but I have to because breathing is more important than your comfort. Mm -hmm. And what's exciting, too, is given that the neurological response is, is imminent with that with that postural change the central nervous system can then recognize a structure that's being taxed the most so we can truly find now the origin structure that's being hit the hardest the central nervous system is saying okay it's going to kind of hurt we're going to have headaches we're going to have jaw pain our neck's going to hurt from this postural change but where are we putting the biggest load where is the um the, the you know the straws collecting on the camel's back, so to speak, from that positional change. Mm -hmm. And um, doing a reflex test, like just like when you go to the doctor, they hit your knee and your foot kicks out, a reflex test, an involuntary response that'll demonstrate which structure is being taxed the most from that postural change that we have to go into in order to do the most important thing of breathing. Break that down for me, because I'm not fully okay. getting what you just said. It sounded like, say it again, another way. Okay. Um, so when we position ourselves to breathe with our head more forward, mm -hmm. okay, think about where our, our, our nerves and our blood vessels are supposed to run in and out of all these little holes in our head and neck and our um, skeletal structures and in between muscles, yep. right? And they have very limited space where they're supposed to be. So if we're positioning ourselves where we, need, we have to go in order to breathe, then those vessels and nerves can get compromised and not have their freedom of flow and, mm -hmm. and freedom of doing exactly what they're supposed to do, com communicating um, to their endpoints. And so though, given that compromise, our body can recognize a structure that is being taxed the most, where your, um, your body can point to where the highest priority compromise is being uh, focused Mm -hmm. And, and that gives us the direction, me a direction of 
where to support you while we're supporting your airway in order to provide what, what we know homeostasis is that neutral place where our blood vessels and our nerves are free and clear because our posture is ideal, because our airway is maximally patent and mm -hmm. open. And when you say the nervous system is going to point out the highest stressed area for you to be able to focus in the right spot, is it, is it doing that by pain in that area, producing pain? No, um, it's not. It's actually, I believe, the inflammation that's giving that um, indication where, where um, in certain positions of uh, the reflex testing, it can, I'm asking um, about each different position of a reflex test, I'm asking about a different structure and which structure. Oh. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I just I got I what you meant. <laughs> so you're talking about using muscle testing as Close. the reflex testing. Okay. Very close. So, so muscle testing, um, from what I understand with kinesiology, is um, is an energy response, an energetic response. But what this is is actual provocation of a nerve. So, mm -hmm. when everyone has been to the doctor, where they you know tap on the knee and the foot kicks out, so they're provoking a nerve, mm -hmm. and the response is the foot kicking out. Mm -hmm. So, similarly, if I'm provoking a nerve in the arm. Um, tapping or, you know, and it's not really tapping like the knee, but I do a little scratch on a nerve and what, and then a little press on the arm to see if the voluntary involuntary response is um, positive or negative associating that, um, uh, that structure as being compromised or not. Okay. So when you're going through the different checking the reflexes, it's going to give you information about where to focus your work. Yes. Sorry, it's I wanted to make like, sure I got no. it. And it's it, it it is complicated. And you're and thank you for asking for clarification. Um, mm -hmm. but yes, I, I see this as having the you know remember in school when we had the answers in the back of the book, you could yep. just flip to it and kind of work backwards from the answer. I mean, they're there mm -hmm. for a reason. Only the odd ones, of course. But um, the uh, <laughs> I feel like I have the answers when I'm asking this question to the body because the body's going to respond, not our intellect. A reflex mm -hmm. test is, does this work? Yes or no. Is this compromised? Yes or no. Because people, when they, when we try to explain where their pain, you know, when we're explaining where it's uncomfortable, what our symptoms are, it's, it may be more widespread. So where do you start? If you have mm -hmm. headaches and jaw pain and neck pain and lower back pain, what's the, are they all separate? No, you know, not often, you know, um, more way frequently it's related to a similar origin, but those structures, none of them can kind of hang on any longer to um, not express any discomfort at, at mm -hmm. a, after a certain point of um, positional change that we go into during the day to breathe. Yes, yeah. that's awesome. So you've got techniques to be able to read the body directly for yes. what area to focus on and it's it's focusing on in the end opening up that airway so people can get their postures back and reduce other imbalances in their body absolutely it's just like if you think about cast in crutches you know it's not there's no medicine in that plaster that goes around your broken ankle it's putting your body in a position to heal itself and that's what we're after is if we're recognizing the most important <laughs> process of breathing, you know, we make sure that that's uh, relieved to be free flowing and clear all the way from the tip of the nose down to the lungs. 
Um, and then we recognize, and then, then the, the postural changes aren't necessary anymore. So with a support in the structure that the body's recognizing as being taxed the most, then the body is then in that position to heal itself. It's homeostasis. Otherwise, otherwise we're in a fight or flight situation. Can you imagine if you're struggling to breathe, if someone has a pillow over your face, you're in a pretty scary situation. So if every single breath, even without a, you know, aggravated assault, um, <laughs> there is an actual um, a struggle to breathe, our body is in a panic situation all day. Okay, Agreed. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So it's sympathetic dystrophy. We're in fight or flight. But if our body's relieved from that, then um, we're in that parasympathetic spot where we're available to be able to heal ourselves. And we're not always um, in that constant panic mm-hmm. of fight or flight. And, and, and an indication of all of this is our sleep time breathing. Because think about this. People who snore and people who have obstructive sleep apnea don't gasp or make noises during the day, right? Mm-hmm. We, we're, we're daytime breathers. Um, we're, we're, we position ourselves and pull harder through our nose so that we can do that without gasping and making noise. We also have a different control center that allows us to do that. Like our brain, awake brain is different than our asleep brain. But all of the, 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 we're the same anatomical creature day and night, but we just have to realize who we are against gravity, awake and upright, as we are when we're lying down and gravity mm-hmm. takes hold of our tongue structures, our jaw, where we, um, our throat portion of our airway can collapse. Um, fluids can fill up into our nose. It makes it even more challenging to breathe during sleep, which is mm-hmm. um, why it's really all, all connected. And we can't isolate one from the other. Which again, you're sleeping, not breathing the way your body wants you to, and that puts you in fight or flight. So you can wake up tired and exactly. feeling like you didn't exactly. realize you slept, but you woke up not very rested. Exactly. Being asleep and unconscious is not the same as rest, digest, and repair. It's not restorative, mm-hmm. reparative sleep when if because our breathing is more struggled during sleep, mm-hmm. right? So we, it's even more of a panic for our body every single breath. So our um, blood pressure can go up, our um, digestive process can get interrupted or not addressed. Um, All sorts of um, uh, inability to um, remove everything from our brains (laughs) during that restorative sleeping process. Everything um, is affected. If we're staying in our really light stages of sleep to make sure that we can take this very next breath, we're not getting into those deeper stages of sleep where it's fully restorative. That's why we have, we feel foggy or exhausted or um, irritable or mm-hmm. have height, heightened anxieties or mm-hmm. deeper depressions. It gets chemical where mm-hmm. our processes, um, we have no choice but to not produce those um, happy hormones like oxytocin um, where uh, we can be the best that we can be during mm-hmm. the day and during the night. Yeah. You mentioned hormones. Um, I would assume when you're, if you come up with a solution for a person's jaw position so that during their sleep, let's say they're able to breathe through their nose and not their mouth. Mm-hmm. So now they're not in fight or flight. They're getting deeper sleep. Um, would you say that getting that deep sleep like that has an effect on hormone imbalances? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you said a key word there is imbalance or balance. And there really isn't an availability to be in that homeostatic neutral position to be able to 
uh, have full function of all of our um, glands and um, um, every system can be compromised. So we're not in that homeostatic position where our body's constantly kind of in that control center, ready to go. What do I need to do now? What do I need? You know, I'm ready. I can digest that. Yes. Oh, I got a little cut on my leg. Let's go ahead and suture that wound. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's, you know, it's, we're just not available for that. If we're busy trying to make sure that this very next breath right here is, is being processed um, mm -hmm. effectively. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, so what I'm hearing so far is you have this amazing process with this 3D image that you get to look at a person's airway and then you have a reflex testing technique that lets you target in on the body's mm -hmm. primary area that you would focus on. So once you have that, what is the plan? What's the solution to people? What are you doing for them that gets them the jaw positioned correctly? Great question. So very frequently that, uh, that the structure that's being taxed the most is the jaw. Um, I think there's a 76% correlation between those who have obstructive sleep apnea that have temporomandibular joint disorders. So um, that uh, only when confirmed with that reflex test, if the body is pointing at the jaw with a, um, a an injury, we'll say there, then I would provide orthotics, which most people really recognize as a splint or uh, something that fits very customized over the teeth on the, if, if the jaw is the issue, then a daytime and a nighttime orthotic are indicated. Um, the daytime one being temporary at just like if you had an injury to your ankle, you wouldn't wear a cast on it forever and ever. You just wear it while your joint heals and then you, um, taper off use of it, but continue wearing the nighttime one. The nighttime one is supportive of the jaw also, so there's 24-hour therapy of, uh, of that healing availability where the, in, the, the injured joint would be inflamed. And, um, but at the same time, it's making sure that the breathing is as easy as possible during sleep. So that one isn't something that is uh, discontinued for someone who, th this is a non-orthodontic treatment plan, which is um, very much uh, prescribed when necessary, because not every person has a, a craving to go into tooth movement for a year and a half or two um, to to correct these things. It's just not in, in somebody's quality of life um, choices at, at this point. So day and night orthotic, all day, every day, all night, every night for about 10 to 12 weeks, wean off mm -hmm. the daytime one, keep the nighttime one to maintain the correction of the 24-hour therapy and keep breathing every single night. That's amazing. I mean, who it's so, I love this because I love holistic stuff. Yeah. It's like CSI without the blood, like <laughs> figuring out what is the underlying issue. And I don't think most people would think that their um, poor airway, like not having an open airway and getting deep sleep at night could be an underlying thing around anxiety, depression, the ultimate pain stuff, hormone yeah. stuff. It's amazing. It makes it sense. It is to amazing. Me. Yeah. All right. I have a question for you. I was poking around your website because I always want to be prepared when I bring someone cool like you on. Oh. And <laughs> what is what is this mask? This humming mask. Oh, very cool. I'm glad you asked about that. Well, um, remember I, I mentioned a few minutes ago about nitric oxide. It's that gas compound that we create in our sinuses. Um, well, that is uh, because it's so valuable the enhancement of creating that is um, something that uh, some practitioners have discovered that humming and that vibration can actually help create 
help create the nitric oxide. Um, Love that. And it's, yeah, so there's this neat little mask that you can um, place over your face and for I think 20 minutes a day, um, you can stimulate nitric oxide production. And the key, that sounds like obviously, it would feel good. <laughs> it does feel good. It's actually, it's a nice massage and, 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 and relaxing. And, you know, so I do it before sleep when I, when I do it and it, it does, uh, um, give me a little bit more of a sound sleep, uh, which I, which of course we all love and crave, mm-hmm. especially nowadays with everything going mm-hmm. on in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, a little something so, to rock us to sleep would be great. Yes. <laughs> yes. A heavy blanket and a humming mask. <laughs> yes. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> so that's really cool. So this humming helps create nitric oxide. Mm-hmm. And nitric oxide is good for, say it again to me. Well, first and foremost, for everybody, the immune system. Antifungal, mm-hmm. antimicrobial, antibacterial, and antiviral. Mm-hmm. So every inhale through the nose picks that nitric oxide up brings it in, it treats the air as it goes into the lungs for um, blood oxygen exchange, which occurs on the exhale. So -hmm. it is just as important to exhale through the nose as it is to inhale. And we want to be treating our air. So that's an important part of the immune system, but the other parts in the nose, warming the air, moistening it and filtering it. The whole process is is key in in providing quality quantity of oxygen into um, into our system. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. The nose is more than you knew. It's the most important organ <laughs> in the body, period. We should Post. have like, well, I'm not going to go there. I was going to say we should have like, you know, articles of clothing for it, but I guess we do right now. <laughs> yes, we <laughs> Okay, do. we're dancing around the COVID subject. So let's go there for a second. All right. Um, here's you. You're like a highly medically oriented practice. Uh, you're in people's mouths and all that stuff. What have you had to do in your practice to make sure people feel safe due to all the COVID stuff? That's a great question. And um, what we've I think been you doing already is, do most of it before we, COVID, exactly, actually. Exactly. So in, in, in medicine, we have universal precautions. We have to treat everybody as though they have COVID, for example. Mm-hmm. Everyone has the, the most terrifying um, uh, disease that we're trying to prevent ourselves from catching. So that makes it really easy. We've done, I've done, I probably wear a face mask, um, like a, a shield over a whole lot more than I did before. I change my lab coat a whole lot more than I, or I wear one more now, you know, like there's a lot of personal protective equipment that I've put on to prevent for myself. Cause that's actually part of this, Susie. It's not just making sure people feel comfortable coming in, but it's also making sure my, I, myself and my staff are protected. So we're asking a lot of questions. Um, uh, if people have been traveling, uh, had any visitors and, and, and if they have any symptoms, we take their temperature. Um, we're, we've slowed down the schedule so that there's no traffic at the front or in the reception mm-hmm. area, um, using another door to escort people out. It's, it's, it's basic slowing everything down so that we can um, ensure that every single protocol is um, you know, doubled or tripled, really. Yes, yeah, <laughs> until, yeah. Because until this is over, yeah, that makes sense. All right. Well, so I had something again. I was poking around about you. <laughs> Maybe I was on your Facebook page. You know, preparing <laughs> for interviewing someone can feel a little creepy. <laughs> but Stalker. I want to make sure I want people to see you and see who you are, not just your amazing work. But I found this quote that you had out there. Um, Breath is the bridge which connects life to consciousness. 
which unites your body to your thoughts whenever your mind becomes scattered. Use your breath as the means to take hold of your mind again. Thich Nhat Hanh. That's really beautiful. I read yeah. that and I thought I wanted to ask you, who else inspires you? Oh. Oh my goodness. Well, in my journey of all this, I've actually uh, had a, a deeper connection with my own body, which makes me have a deeper connection with my own spirit and my own connectedness. So I've been inspired by a lot of people who, you know, we, we all use the internet now and find these little uh, entryways to rabbit holes that we go deeper and deeper and deeper down. And my favorites mm -hmm. are... Um, uh, Deepak Chopra, um, Greg Braden, uh, another chiropractor, Joe Dispenza, who mm. um, actually that's that's the most um, that one pops up the most when you when you ask that right now, because uh, I've learned from him uh, an, a, a neat process called heart math. He's connected with this group called heart math, where um, as we inhale, if we picture ourselves breathing into the heart, our little neurological cells in our heart connect with our neurological cells in our brain and provide a cohesiveness that brings me right back into my body, brings mm -hmm. me right back into a, a safe and peaceful place um, connected to, I feel like I'm connecting my mind, body, and spirit at that moment. And it can happen in seconds. So, so that connect connection of uh, of that peace unity and and relaxation with breath um, and science Susie mm -hmm. I gotta have some science in there all the time you know it just it validates what I am now discovering my intuition is is usually correct with all these things but marrying the two of into intuition and and science with uh, some of these processes that I've learned from Dr. Joe Dispenza has been invaluable and what is his he's using uh, is it EEGs, like measuring the brain? What's he doing? Yes. What science does he give you that makes you feel good about it? Oh my goodness. Um, going into some meditative states using the EEGs and seeing where um, the activity or relaxation is happening in the brain um, and what uh, brainwave state that uh, breath and meditation can, and position, body position and body um influence. He uses uh, contracting some muscles and uh, directing the breath into uh, ways that he can actually quantify the differences in our uh, brain waves and, and going from our hyper gamma and beta wave states into um, relaxation with alpha. And then um, beyond that, going back out into orbit when you get yes. into beta. <laughs> nice. And yeah. So I really enjoy that. That's so good. I mean, when I hear you talk about it, I think pulling together your work around airway and being able to breathe and get deep sleep and then having practices that, you know, these breathing meditative practices that aren't that hard to reach. It's not like you have to be on the cushion for hours um, to be able to bring your body into a state of balance. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we were all just a little bit more comfortable pain-free, well-rested. I think we would have different ways of being with each other, which it sounds lofty, but I think we really have a better um, awareness around us to be able to be more mindful of one another and just create an environment that is so much more what I'd love to see our future generations be walking into. I 
couldn't agree more. And I think that would happen so naturally. Like when people can all of a sudden have that, if, and not all of a sudden, you know, if it's gradual or with my help or if they learn breathing techniques that improve them, that themselves, naturally, without even the effort associated with it, we, we have a, a, a new calm. And yeah. that exudes from us energetically. And we can, you know, just share that, shine our light. Heal. Shine your light, shine your light. <laughs> I love it. So here's another, this is kind of a gets asked all the time by podcasters, but I do like the question. So I'm going to ask you too. I had it in my mind. I like asking like what advice you would give your 20 year old self now, but I kind of, it came up in my brain when I was writing this up for you. I'd be curious the advice you'd give the young woman who was got the letter in the mail, you were accepted to school for dentistry and you're walking in the doors to go start it all. What advice would you give her? Wow. Oh my goodness. Well, I would, I would try not to be so stressed out in general dental school next time around. If I had, if I were, if I were to make that choice to go to accept that letter of acceptance, <laughs> it's hard to um, repeat it, isn't it? Oh man, <laughs> it's a lot of work. Uh, I, I, I have to say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. I don't know if, if given the choice right now, I do it again. But I honestly, if I had to do it twice, but if I were going back as my twenty-year-old self, I'd, 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 I'd want to. Um, I'd want to ask more questions. That is what I would want to do. I'd want to have more time to be able to process the, the information that's been given to us. Because truly, dental school, as I believe medical school, is so much information we have to memorize and then regurgitate in a test. Not really given the opportunity to put the body into dynamic function. You know, we take the body apart. We study it on a table. You know, we never put it back together. We're given a, a, a degree and we're encouraged to go touch people. You know, so I, I wish I had the wherewithal to say why. Well, why, and then why, and then you know, why are people grinding their teeth? Why are people um, gagging when I take in their impressions? Why are people, you know, rather than just um, um, hearing what the, you know, the I, the, it's not, it's not finding an origin. I would want to be aware more of asking questions to find out the origin of every single thing I'm learning how to treat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see the body and dynamic cause. function. Yes. And that's not where universities are right now. Still. Yeah, it's tricky. I know functional medicine is starting to get its uh, grip, which I love in, in many genres, because I think, mm -hmm. I think it's just, you know, energy medicine is also making its way in just people are being more made more aware of let the body do it. The body's pristine. Let it do it. Yes. Just get the load off its back so it can, you know? Yes. So, wow. I'm so thrilled that you came here today to let me Aww. talk with you and share what you do with the people who are listening. Um, Thank you. I know you have some cool uh, testimonials and things out on your website. Can you share with people how they can uh, connect with you if they're in this area and want to find you? Absolutely. Um, simplest way is uh, if you want to research me a little bit ahead of time, my website is TMJVT, as in Temporomandibular Joint, Vermont, or yeah, TMJVT.com. Mm -hmm. um, we are in Williston on, I believe it's 2A, right off of 2A on Night Lane near Guy's Farm and Yard. And we're open Monday through Thursday. And our phone number is 802-876-7803. 
real nice. That's real nice. <laughs> I, I'm just thrilled. I, I think people probably can feel through our connection that we're friends outside of being professional colleagues. And I just adore you. Thank you for so much for coming This is a beautiful thing you're doing and sharing your gift with everybody. So thank oh. you for having me. I'm truly honored. Thank you. So again, I'm Dr. Susie Harris and Next Seven is the name of my podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to be rising the awareness, raising the awareness of the importance of organic food. We're out to flip all farms to become organic and to be able to offer clean, nutritive water to people and also that everyone's aware of and has access to functional health care. So I really feel like this is a, a paradigm that would allow our elders and our next seven generations to thrive. And that is so important in my heart. So thank you for being here today and stay tuned for other episodes. <laughs>